Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit National Gambling Support Line 800-522-4700. Muckleshoot Casino is your destination for more than 3,000 gaming machines, action-packed table games, and the largest smoke-free area in the state, plus a newly remodeled casino floor and new center bar. Use your player's club card to earn points for free play, meals, or cash back. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Visit us online to learn more about our safety measures. Welcome to Horse Racing Northwest in this mid-March edition from Emerald Downs. Year is 2021 and opening day, couple of months away for our 25th anniversary season. Yes, Emerald Downs birthday, 25th birthday coming up on June 20th, 2021. We're scheduled to race that day and more about that and much more on Horse Racing Northwest. Joe with you and Vince Brune. Vince, hello. Hi, Joe. Yeah, we're getting closer here uh, to cranking things up, and I'm sure we'll be doing more podcasts here as we get close to our season. Yeah, yeah, good to have our uh, listeners back on. We've got plenty of regulars. Uh, We'll have a trivia question at the end. Some of you uh, certainly in tune to that, and we had some good answers from our previous podcast. That was... uh, well, early in February, so it's been a while, but uh, horses are on the track training, and we're getting ready for that opening day date, Vince. Opening day is Wednesday, May 19th, and closing day, we go till September 23rd this year, so about a week, a month earlier start and a month earlier close, 38 days. So uh, we'll begin with Wednesdays and Thursdays. We'll be adding a lot of Sundays as we go through the season, too. Wednesdays and Thursdays worked well last year handle-wise, and of course that is a huge part of a racing program, the wagering handle. We had great focus around the country, so we're going to stick with that uh, for our first several weeks. Again, uh, June 20th is a Sunday, our 25th birthday here at Emerald Downs, and uh, we are scheduled to race that day. And uh, we have a chance to have fans on the track, Vince, on our opening day, May 19th. Uh, we did have owners able to come out and watch their horses perform last year, and they were encouraged to uh, leave after their race to keep uh, under state regulations. Um, but uh, things are moving forward a little bit uh, with people being vaccinated yeah. and uh, uh, um, Olympia's uh protocols so uh you take it over before i stumble much well more. yeah and we've noticed you know uh, we follow simulcast racing pretty regularly joe and you see it's various tracks you see fans there and we just saw the news today that uh, santa anita uh beginning early next month is going to have a limited amount of fans on track so uh stands to reason we're moving forward here and that certainly is uh very exciting news it is uh so may 19th is opening day that's a wednesday uh, keep uh, updated at emeralddowns.com or through your friends in the game on whether we'll be able to have fans or not. But boy, certainly looking forward to getting going at Emerald Downs for our 2021 season. Um, yeah, so, and there's a Horseman's Incentive program out that is gaining some popularity. 
We could have, and we uh, figure to have at least two new barns uh, pretty much set for right now, Vince, which is always good for a program. Yes, and speaking with our racing secretary, Brett Anderson, the other day, there's there's more that are interested, too. So knock on wood, uh, it's, you know, as you say, horse population is going to be critical as we move forward here. Um, but certainly the incentive program seems to have captured a lot of interest. And uh, any horsemen listening out there, we got room for you. So come on up. Yeah, contact Brett Anderson at our racing office. Uh, there's a $10,000 bonus available to any new trainer who brings at least 10 horses to Emerald Downs. The $5,000 of the bonus will be paid directly to the trainer upon arrival and an additional 5000 after the trainer's 10th start of the meet. Trainers must come from tracks outside of Washington, Oregon, and British Columbia. Uh, so that is outstanding. And, of course, we fill a really nice niche on the West Coast, uh, north of, of the Bay Area. Uh, Turf Paradise ends and around uh, early May or so. I'm not sure their closing date Their closing year. day is, I think, the traditional one, the day after the okay. Kentucky Derby. Yeah. So that would be May 2nd this year with the Hasta La Vista Handicap. And, uh, like you say, that dovetails very nicely into our meet because also the, the class levels at Turf Paradise are very similar for horses to Emerald Downs. So, uh, Perfect. And if you're a horseman, you get the best of both worlds. You get the winter in Phoenix and yeah. the summer in Seattle, and you can't beat that. Yeah, and several, uh, of course, of our regular horsemen are regulars down there over the fall and winter months. So uh, May 19th, opening day at Emerald Downs. Uh, stake schedule is out, and that is always of interest uh, to all uh, give us some highlights of our 2021 stake schedule. Right, Joe. And again, with 38 days, it's very similar to last year's okay. in that uh, we got, if you include the two quarter horse stakes, we got 17 total, but 15 for thoroughbreds, uh, totaling about uh, 800,000. Begins on Sunday, June 20th with three-year-old fillies and the Coca-Cola stakes. Most of the older horses are three-year-olds and older, all beginning at six and a half furlongs this year. Um, so we got, uh, what is it? Four double headers, uh, one triple header. Um, that'll be on Long Acres Mile Day. Excuse me, that's a double header with the mile, the Emerald Distaff, Sunday, August 15th. So write that down, the grade three mile, 86th running Sunday, August 15th, along with the Emerald Distaff. That's one of four double headers. We also have a triple header on closing day with the uh, traditional Gottstein Futurity and the two walk-up events, the Muckleshoot Tribal Classic and the Washington Cup Philly and Mare Stakes. Great. And then a quadruple header on Sunday, August 22nd, a pair of stakes for two-year-olds, the Shinpo for Phillies and the Lads for the Colts and Geldings, and then the two quarter horse stakes, the Bank of America Emerald Championship Challenge and the John Deere Juvenile Challenge Championship. The first stakes for older horses, again, will be the Mount Rainier stakes. That'll be on Sunday, July 11th. That'll be the prep leading into the August 15th, 86th running of the Long Acres Mile. So pretty exciting. It's That's not that far away. And the Mount Rainier is a sprint distance again this year. That is correct. Mount Rainier will go at da, 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 six and a half furlongs, right? So uh, six and a half and then into the mile at, of course, one mile. Yeah. Elliott Bay won the Mount Rainier last year, won two straight sprints, uh, went into the mile and ran a pretty darn good third. And Was he third or fourth in the mile? I can't remember. He was closing well. But another twist of fate won it, of course, uh, participant in the Preakness the year before and, and since a stakes winner in Southern California. Uh, but uh, the mile day, as Vince said, August 15th this year. And speaking of uh, stakes, uh, let's just quickly go over the WTBOA honors for 2020 and a Zoom banquet held in February. Zoom, uh, a Zoom uh, meeting and uh, plenty of uh, participants in that. Time for Gold was our champion two-year-old filly. Uh, tremendous here at Emerald Downs last year with two very fast stakes victories. Uh, Bodenheimer and Dutton, co-holders, uh, a rare event that hadn't happened in over 20 years where there were uh, co-champions in a division, but Bodenheimer and the undefeated Dutton, of course, Bodenheimer ran in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf, uh, won at three different tracks. They tied for two-year-old Colton Gelding honors. Time for gold, Bodenheimer, Bodenheimer, Dutton, all in training here in 2021. Not here, but uh, in training. 
in training. And yeah, what a strong category that was last year, especially with the two-year-old Colts and Geldings with Bodenheimer and Dutton. So they ended up in a tie, Joe. Yeah, Dutton in training here at Emerald Downs, undefeated. Uh, uh, son of Nucido was absolutely incredibly awesome. Breaking his maiden in a stake, winning an allowance. I mean, these are, I think it was 24 lengths, wasn't it, Vince? His combined three victories. Correct, yeah. He won the Gottstein on closing, uh, was that closing day? I it was, it, yeah. I think it was, it usually is. No, I don't think it was. No, I think it was before <laughs> closing day. Anyway. Joe, Joe and I are showing yeah. our age here a little well, bit, the short-term memory. We had a different schedule last year. Yes, we did. Miss Prospector, owned by Glenn Todd and trained by Glenn Todd. Uh, she was our champion three-year-old filly. She's in training up at Hastings, daughter of Harbor the Gold. That gave Harbor the Gold uh, another year. Every year, 2008 to 2020, Harbor the Gold has had an award winner at the WTBOA well, February yeah. function. Just working on the media guide. He is now up to... 68 stakes wins at Emerald Downs. He's also the all-time leading sire, having passed Lulu last year. You know how far he is of second in stakes wins? He's got 68, and Lulu's got 27. 27. Yeah. So just dominance. Yeah, Harbor the Gold. uh, And, yeah, 2008 to 2020, he's had a champion every year. One year, uh, he had an award winner. He had the Claimer, the top claiming award. Uh, He didn't have an actual champion, but uh, every other year he's had a champion. Miss Prospector uh, filled that bill this year along with Time for Gold. Uh, Unmatchable was our champion three-year-old Colton Gelding. Of course, he was the first horse to win the Muckleshoot Tribal Classic as a three-year-old. Jack McCartney trainee scheduled to come back. He's been uh, just an outstanding horse for two years. A little less talk was uh, probably unanimous in the Philly and Mare division. Uh, She did suffer an injury in a gallant try in a grade three at Laurel over the winter. She's going to be bred to Mendelssohn, the eight-year-old son of Scat Daddy, uh, was a Breeders' Cup winner. And a little less talk, of course, our champion three-year-old filly from 2019 was just awesome last year as well. Baja Sur was our top older horse and top sprinter. And uh, Blaine Wright's uh, leaving a little indication that uh, he might have an Emerald Downs campaign this year. And he's done well here. That would be exciting. Yeah, he's four for four here. And we've mentioned it before. He's done everything. He's he's run great on dirt. He's run fine on turf. He's run well on synthetic. The only thing he hasn't done is route. And uh, yeah. the way he goes, though, I have no question in my mind that... that uh, he would be able to do it, and we did mention, I think, uh, well, at the banquet uh, that he has been breezing again recently yep. at Golden Gate back in training. He's in training. So all of the aforementioned in training, other than a little less talk, who's going to be bred to Mendelssohn if she hasn't been already. Uh, Baja Sir, right, uh, champion Washington two-year-old of 2018, champion Emerald, uh, champion Washington three-year-old of 2019 and horse of the year 2019 and now uh, older horse champ and sprinter champ for 2020. He is uh, son of Smiling Tiger and uh, Primo Cop. Uh, Primo Copy? Is he out of Primo Copy? Which one? Baja Sir. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. that is correct. Uh, having just a tremendous career. Claiming awards, uh, top claimer went to Omachi Kid, most improved claimer to Fortune's Freuda. I know Fortune's Freuda back in training this year. And horse of the year, after all that, went to Bodenheimer. And him and Dutton were, of course, co-holders of the two-year-old Colt and Gelding honor. But Bodenheimer was also the turf horse of the year. I didn't mention that. Mm-hmm. So he won that award as well as co-champion two-year-old. He was by far the leading earner as a Washington bred for 2020. So he was named Horse of the Year for 2020. And uh, the Val Lund trainee by Attaboy Roy, back in training as we Yeah, mentioned. and the one interesting thing about uh, Bodenheimer, we pointed out when he won that uh, stakes at Keeneland, Cowan, the runner-up, uh, came back and ran second in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf and has run second oh. in two subsequent stakes, including a he's good a big race in uh, United Arab Emirates. So yeah. uh, that was a very legit win by Bodenheimer. Oh, Cowan is really talented. You're right. Uh, okay, so um, let's see. John White's going to join us on Horse Racing Northwest on this current edition. 
Um, Gary Wales is coming back. He was our leading rider a couple of years ago and has been a, a strong factor in our jockey colony for three straight seasons. Again, he is wintering in the Tampa area at Tampa Bay Downs. So good to have Gary back. We'll have more news on jockeys as we get closer to the 2020, 2021 start. And uh, let's see, I had something in my mind to say there. And uh, of course I forgot about, oh yeah, Sires. Uh, I think we mentioned that. Barkley is uh, retired and standing at El Dorado Farms, the son of Munnings, uh, 10 for 20 lifetime, dynamic stretch runner, trained by Howard Belvoir, won the 2018 mile, was just a tremendous horse, won a stake here at ages two, three, four, and five. Noosa Beach, the only other horse to do that. Blue Ribbon Farms out in Buckley. Conveyance standing there. Won his first four career starts under the tutelage of Bob Baffert. Ran in the 2010 Kentucky Derby. He replaces uh, Attaboy Roy, who is relocated to Kentucky. And, of course, uh, Nationhood did pass away uh, at the uh, Blue Ribbon Farm. So there's a little bit of sire news for the future of Washington racing. Uh, Vince, uh, you went over the stake schedule, horseman's incentives, uh, training. Oh, by the way, uh, you can view training starting at 7.30 a.m. Wednesday through Sunday up on the fifth floor at Emerald Down. So we're open Wednesday through Sunday beginning at 7.30 a.m. And there's plenty of tables up there to view training. Uh, actually, other than uh, trainers and grooms not allowed out on the apron area to view training at this point. So if you are an owner or any horseman or any fan, you can come in as early as 7.30 a.m. Wednesday through Sunday and view training up on floor five. Uh, regular services will begin at about 9 a.m., a half hour before simulcasting begins on those days. And by the way, Muckleshoot Casino is open seven days a week for full card simulcasting, while Emerald Downs is open Wednesday through Sunday. So we'll talk a little bit about the Louisiana Derby coming up, but uh, John White, I'm sure, will mention that as well. So let's take a short time out, and we'll come back with our guest, John White, on Horse Racing Northwest. Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code SPORTOFKINGS, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days with that much free cash on the line what do you have to lose get started at first.com slash bet that's number one st.com slash bet and don't forget promo code sport of kings when you sign up and if you already have an express bet account you're way ahead of the game simply log into first bet using your username and password and you're off to the races up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with first bet and reside in the state where such activity is legal would be prohibited national gambling support line 800-522-4700 Horse Racing Northwest continues. Thanks for joining us on our podcast, and we're going to have a more regular schedule. Uh, and once the meeting starts, we'll be going every week. But uh, great to welcome in a Washingtonian who is anxious to talk about all things horse racing, and uh, his mind is always never far from the Pacific Northwest, Vince, our friend John White. John, good day to you. Thanks for joining us. Always a pleasure. My my heart will always be in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, you uh, uh, just a joy to talk to John. I had a good conversation with him earlier this week. After not speaking, we trade uh, texts and emails uh, now and then, as does Vince. But uh, you guys are in the throes of your meeting down there, and uh, you might have seen a very strong contender for the 2021 Kentucky Derby just recently. Uh, well, he recently won at uh, Oaklawn, actually, which I'm talking about Concert Tour, who took the Rebel in his first route race. And let's get to John's top 10, who he, uh, a derby historian and handicapper, pretty tough to beat John in uh, North America with his research and uh, his knowledge and his uh, depth of uh, studying. John, uh, I think I led you to uh, talk about Concert Tour and the other top three-year-olds. 
Well, Concerturk currently ranks number three on my list. He moved up from number six following that impressive performance in the the uh, Rebel Stakes. Uh, boy, really took his game to a new level in the uh, Rebel. But this has been a highly regarded uh, horse all along in the Bob Baffert barn. In fact, I'm in a Kentucky Derby fantasy uh, league. I'm in. I've been the commissioner in my own fantasy league uh, since 1990. Wow! Uh, but that one's for all divisions and runs from uh, Thanksgiving Day all the way to the Breeders' Cup, and so it's for older horses as well as the three-year-olds. Uh, but in the Derby League I'm in, uh, the Racing Dudes Derby League, where I have a partner, Ryan Stillman, uh, we had the number one pick in the draft right before Christmas, and this is just three-year-olds for the Kentucky Derby. We took life as good as with the number one pick. It was a tough pick over Essential Quality, who I happened to have in the other league. Uh, I had him. He was the number. I had the number five spot in the draft, and he slipped all the way to number five. Uh, Life is good when is the number two overall pick in that league, even though he had just won a maiden race was all at Hmm. that point prior to Thanksgiving. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, who was the uh, head of publicity uh, media relations at Churchill Downs, who I worked for one year as the media relations manager at Lone Star Park uh, with Darren. And uh, Darren is in that league, and he picked Life is Good at number two in that draft. Um, so uh, anyway, we took life as good at number one. We get five horses in the draft, and with our fifth and final pick in the draft, we took a horse that hadn't run yet by the name of Concert Tour. <laughs> so that was before Christmas. Uh-huh. And uh, as I say, he's been highly regarded by Bob Bamford all along. And what's kind of interesting is he's really paralleling the early career of Nadal. And I was, I really feel if not for the pandemic and that the Kentucky Derby would have run on the, been run on the first Saturday in May last year instead of the first Saturday in September, I really feel that Nadal would have won the Kentucky Derby. Um, but it would have been tough against Charlatan and it would have been tough against his the law. But I was that high on Nadal. And as it so happens, they switched the Arkansas Derby from its normal spot to the first Saturday in May, and it was Nadal who did uh, win a division of the of the Arkansas Derby along with uh, Charlotte and taking the other division. But it's uh, interesting, this parallel of the two uh, careers so far, in that both Nadal and Concert Tour began their careers as a three-year-old in January, winning a maiden sprint at Santa Anita, followed by a victory in the seven furlong San Vicente Stakes, and interestingly, both were kind of knocked for not winning the San Vicente by a bigger margin. Uh, they didn't win by a big margin, so there were some people kind of critical of that. But in the case of both of them, I I expected them to be better around two turns, stretching out from a sprint. And that was the case with Nadal, who was a very big horse. And that's the case with uh, the uh, streets um the concert tour so far, concert tour is by a Kentucky Derby winner in Street Sense, who came out of one of the best crops ever, I think, that 2007 three-year-old crop. Yeah, Curlin. Who included Curlin and included Rags to Riches, who I believe um, belongs in the Hall of Fame. Uh, there are people that don't think that Rags to Riches belongs in the Hall of Fame because she didn't race enough. But her win in the Belmont Stakes, stumbling at the start, racing wide and defeating a colt who would be a two-time horse of the year in Curlin, uh, and not to mention that Regs the Rich has actually won more Grade One races uh, than uh, Winning Colors, who's in the Hall of Fame, and uh, Genuine Risk, who's in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. So, but for some reason, people just and what's going to be ironic is that uh, people want horses. To, some of these Hall of Fame voters want horses to have more racing to get into the Hall of Fame. Well. Do you think Justify is not going to get into the Hall of Fame the first year he's eligible, yeah. even though he didn't race again after the Belmont Stakes? So this is ludicrous how they've kept Regs the Riches. For a long time, she wasn't even getting on the ballot. Finally, she got on the ballot. And it would be so wonderful if she went in this year. I am a voter, 
And in fact, I just filled out my ballot today for the Hall of Fame, and uh, two of the four I voted for were Rags to Riches and Todd Pletcher, and Todd Pletcher's an absolute mortal lock to get in. And it would be so great if Pletcher, who trained Rags to Riches, if they both went into the Hall of Fame this year, but... I'm I'm not optimistic. It just it seems like there are too many people that are stuck in the like 1960s and think that horses have to race more. They just don't race as much anymore. But people, some of them, I guess, can't keep up with the times. But uh, anyway, getting back to Concerter, that he goes and wins the Rebel Stakes and just did it beautifully. I mean. He clicked off 24 fractions through that race just like nothing, and uh, he he just buried that uh, favorite in the race, Cato River. So concert tour, he'll most likely go back for the Arkansas Derby. But Baffert's, of course, he's got also got the horse who is ranked number one on my top ten, and that is Life is Good, who is headed for the Santa Anita Derby. John White, you know the voice, joining us. And life is good, essential quality, undefeated as well. Uh, already came out with a tremendous performance this year. And, of course, uh, that two- to three-year-old year can be a little bit tricky. We've seen a couple of horses win the Breeders' Cup Juvenile and the Kentucky Derby now. I think it might be just two. Street Sense and uh, uh, Nyquist did it as well. Yes, that's right. Only two. Yeah, and uh, John, uh, you'll get a you'll get a touch of history when you read his column, and he's got his top ten and uh, some horses rated under Life Is Good, Essential Quality, and Concert Tour. Uh, greatest honor, doing extremely well in the Florida Gulfstream venue. But then there's some horses in this weekend's Louisiana Derby that you have in your top ten under those uh, aforementioned top four. Well, and you mentioned the horses below life is good, essential quality concentrate. At number four is Greatest Honor, and I just was talking about Rags the Riches. Greatest Honor's dam is a half-sister to Rags to Riches. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things I like about Greatest Honor, because if your dam is, is someone that has that kind of stamina, uh, in the in the pedigree, that bodes well for Greatest Honor. Now, Greatest Honor is going to have to step it up in the speed figure department. Uh, he's really been, you know, only in the 80s in the buyer, so he'll be headed next for the uh, Florida Derby, and he'll be a heavy favorite there. I'm looking for a horse in that Florida Derby, by the way, known agenda. I think he's going to be very live in that race for Todd Pletcher. Um, he's been well-regarded throughout his career. In fact, I just mentioned Greatest Honor. He beat Greatest Honor in a maiden race at a mile and an eighth in New York, and those two were 21 lengths ahead of the third-place finisher. That's Mm. how well um, both Known Agenda and Greatest Honor ran. And look, Greatest Honor is going to be the big heavy favorite. You're going to get a lot better price on Known Agenda. Known Agenda ran a, just a horrible race, really, in the Tampa Bay Derby. For some reason, he was just completely lost throughout the first part of that race. I mean, he just was completely befuddled. And then suddenly, like in the last part of the race, he was flying. And you really can't tell it when you just look at the, at the past performances for him. It's, but he was absolutely full to run at the end of that race, and then he came back uh, at Goldstream and he added Lasix and added Blinkers and romped to an 11-length win and just did it as effortlessly as you can. Now, was it the Lasix and or was it the Blinkers? I'm not as concerned about the Lasix situation. I think the Blinkers is what really uh, was a big improvement for him. And we have seen that with a number of these horses. You talked about the horses below the leaders on my top ten, for instance, Hot Rod Charlie, who is running in the Louisiana Derby, is a horse who didn't show much in his first couple of races. I mean, he got buyers in the 50s, and then he added uh, blinkers, and that was for his first three races, just struggling all those races in the 50s. Then he added blinkers, and he won a maiden race. He went from the 50s to almost the 80s yeah. in the buyers. Then in the Breeders' Cup, he finished second to essential quality at odds of 94 to 1, ran a big race that day, and then was in a battle all the way down the stretch here at Santa Anita in the Robert B. Lewis Stakes, 
and he just kept fighting all the way to the finish, coming off a layoff and finished third in that race and got a 91 buyer, and he got a 94 in the Breeders' Cup. So Blinkers really, the addition of Blinkers was a big key to him. And then when you look at Mandaloon, who's going to be the favorite in the Louisiana, here's a horse that finished third as the odds-on favorite in the Lacombe Stakes, and he finished behind Midnight Bourbon and Proxy. He added blinkers and turned the tables, won the Risen Star, and won it pretty convincingly, actually, as the two-to-one favorite, and defeated Proxy at Midnight Bourbon. So again, blinkers, the addition of blinkers, a big key. And the horse I'm picking to win Louisiana Derby is a colt, a tappet colt by the name of Proxy, and he's adding blinkers. And one reason I think that we're going to see this make a big difference for proxies. He's been kind of running what we call in spurts, and he's also been kind of drifting in his races, drifting in, drifting out, pretty much just racing greenly. And I think he will focus much more with the blinkers, and trainer Mike Stidham has said that in the morning, with the addition of blinkers, that's been the case, and that's indicated by the bullet workout he had at the fairgrounds, a 47-flat Best of 40, that was his first workout coming out of the Risen Star. And I think that workout right there says he's going to be one tough customer in the Louisiana Derby. And I would love nothing more than to see Mike Stidham, who has been, I've been a friend of his for 40 years. I first met Mike Stidham back uh, in 1980, so really over 40 years. 1980 at Louisiana Downs, Mike Stidham had a two-horse stable hmm. at Louisiana Downs. Two horses, Me Good Man and Viterbo, <laughs> and both were multiple stakes winners at that Louisiana Downs meet. And that young Mike Stidham showed me right then and there that he was a, train, a young trainer with great potential, and look at the stable he has now. In addition to Proxy, He's got a mystic guide who just ran a 108 buyer last time out, winning at Oakland Park, and is headed to the rich Dubai World Cup. So as someone, in fact, I got a text from Mike Stidham today that really brought a smile to my face. He said, Proxy finally made your top 10. (laughs) That's great. Uh, That was really, that came out completely out of the blue. And uh, so that was that really brought a smile to my face. Yeah, our vice president Jack Hodge has used Mike Stidham as a trainer for uh, it's got to be twenty years or so. I think is uh, our entire run here at Emerald Downs. So Jack's campaigned some horses in the Midwest. John, this is the the rare big three year old race where we doesn't look like Bob Baffert in the Louisiana Derby is is going to have a big presence. Um, how many horses do you, I mean, he's, he's assembled an amazing crop of three-year-olds. How many horses do you see uh, Baffert having in the Kentucky Derby this year when the dust settles? That's a very good question, Vince. I mean, life is good. You know, if he stays healthy, we'll be in there. And Concerteur, if he stays healthy, he'll be in there. Medina Spirit, most likely, you know, will be in there. Spielberg looks like to me like he's got the points probably to be in there. So there's at least those four right now. Um, and one or two others at least could possibly sneak in there. So, I mean, he could have quite a brigade. But, look, fellas, i got to tell you, from what I've seen from Life is Good so far, this could be the best horse, and I'm saying could. Uh Uh-oh. It's just a possibility. But I said this before the San Felipe Stakes, not after, before. Based on the workouts from Life is Good at Santa Anita this year, he might be the best horse that Bob Baffert has ever trained. Now, you say he's better than American Pharaoh. You say he's better than Justify. I'm saying maybe. It is a possibility. And the main reason I say that is is he did something that is really historic in Southern California. Each region uh, kind of judges their workouts differently. And at Emerald Downs, you will see handily, you'll see breezing, and you'll see a number of handilies and breezing for any work tab at Emerald. Back east, they have their own way. Here in Southern California, ever since I was first here in 1981, 
the way the clockers, the official clockers judge workouts here and list them, almost all of the workouts are handily, like 99% of them. And it's a rarity to get a breezing. And in order to get a breezing, basically the, the rider has to be sitting like a statue. The horse is doing it completely on, on its own. And uh, so Life is Good had a six-race, six-workout sequence that were listed as breezing, six in a row. Now you say, well, what's the big deal about that? Well, he's had a total of 19 workouts so far in Southern California, and uh, he, he had that string of six straight breezing workouts. Well, American Pharaoh, before the Kentucky Derby, he didn't have a single breezing workout. Hmm. I'm sorry, he had he had uh, two. But no, he had two in his career. Forty-two career Southern California workouts for American Pharaoh. Forty-two in Southern California. Only two were breezing, but none before the Kentucky Derby. Justify had 17 Southern California workouts in his career, and so that means, you know, uh, but up to the Kentucky Derby, he had zero. He had no, he never had one in his life in Southern California. So, I mean, when you look at this in the context of those horses, and I mean, I looked at Arrogate. He had 65 career workouts in Southern California. Three were breezing. Now, he had three breezing out of 65 where life is good had six in a row. I mean, yeah. now here's the, here's the icing on the cake for what I'm talking about with life is good. Of those six workouts, two were bullets. One was second best of the morning, just barely off a bullet, and another one didn't get a bullet only because there were only three workouts at that distance, six furlongs that morning. So uh, almost four of the six were bullets. Now, do you know how hard it is just to get a bullet, I mean a breezing here in Southern California? That, like I say, is like one out of a hundred. But... It's like one in a thousand to get a bullet breezing, and he had almost four out of six. <laughs> well, that's some evidence, good evidence right there uh, to support that life is good, has a talent level that is way, way, way up there. And look at his buyers. Yeah, and he's by the hottest sire that we've seen in maybe a long time, Into Mischief, of course, uh, into mischief just uh, uh, every week it seems he has a new young horse that's on the radar of uh, uh, stakes coordinators around the country. And the sire of last year's Kentucky Derby yeah. winner for Bob Baffert and Authentic, who mm-hmm. also won the Breeders' Cup Classic and was voted Horse of the Year. Yeah, yeah, and John, and just watching Baffert being interviewed after the last uh, race, having seen Baffert interviews over the years he's he there he has a little spring in his voice when he's talking about life is good I can I can tell that because he was talking about him putting away his stable mate and he's saying that's a pretty good horse he's beaten right there so um, well the thing about Bob and this is the reason I took him first in that derby fantasy league right before Christmas but just before our draft Baffert had come out in the thoroughbred daily news and this statement made my jaw drop He said, then, life is good, has the raw talent of American Pharaoh, Justify, and Authentic. And that was coming up. He hadn't won the sham yet. That's only his maiden win at Del Mar going six furlongs. Wow. That, yeah, when you talk about Bob Baffert's last 20 years uh, and the horses that he started, and uh, Vince has brought this up many times, I know you have as well, that... You know, uh, some really, really, really good trainers would like to have just one of the top 30 horses that Bob Baffert's had or one of the top 50 he's had, and uh, it's just uh, incredible. And so you've got four of your top eight are Bob Baffert trainees, and life is good. Uh, I can tell by you that he kind of stands out among them. So, uh, Well, and... Again, just to remind everyone, Baffert, by winning the Kentucky Derby with Authentic, tied the all-time record 
of six Kentucky Derby wins held by Ben Jones, mm-hmm. you know, way back in the day. And you know how much Baffert would love to break that record. And, I mean, he is certainly poised to do it because if he just had life as good right now, he would be sitting in a pretty good position. But to have Concert Tour also there, not to mention the others, but mainly those two, gives him such a powerful one-two punch at this point. Now, you mentioned how many horses Bamford has on the list. Brad Cox is not exactly uh, lacking for uh, representation on the list as well. And look, Essential Quality, who I have ranked number two, we have no idea how good he is. He could be a superstar. I mean... I was so impressed with his maiden in sprinting because he overcame trouble that day and won that race. And you could tell that day that sprinting, he wants to go much further than sprinting. And then he came back and won the Breeders' Fraternity right on, you know, being a pace factor. And then he came from way back in the Breeders' Cup and won that race. And then he went in his three-year-old debut and won the Southwest Stakes uh, and he did it on a wet track, racing on a track he hadn't been on before, and he won that race with authority uh, and got a good buyer speed figure in that race. So, I mean, the thing about essential quality is he's so versatile. In other words, life is good as speed, and that is the question with him, not to mention that he drifted out so much in the San Anita Derby, and that is something that can't be ignored. You know, you don't want to see your horse out in the middle of the track like he was coming down the lane in the Santa Anita Derby. A central quality, he doesn't make mistakes. I mean, if the pace is slow, he's up there on the pace. If the pace is fast, he'll run you down from off the pace. So, And like I say, he's already proven he can have a troubled trip and win. And how many horses, you know, can win the Kentucky Derby, you know, and as far as relying on a clean trip, I mean, the Kentucky Derby, which almost always has 20, but if not 20, it's 19 or 18, you know, there's always that yeah. concern of a troubled trip. So, but this is the thing about life is good. He could just possibly be just too fast for this group so far based on the speed figures he's posting and the way, you know, Vince, you put it well. And, and Baffert's someone that he's not that hard to read. You know, you can really, if you've been following him throughout his career, you can get a pretty good feel of what he's thinking. And he was smiling like, uh, you know, the cat that swallowed the canary after the Santa Anita Derby. So, but look, Brad Cox is heading there, and we're going to find out about Mandaloon, who is a beautifully bred horse, a Judmont runner. And again, the addition of blinkers really showed some improvement on his part. So, you know, Cox has got a real good one there as well. Indeed. Wow. That's getting exciting. Uh, uh, before we let you go, John, how about uh, Kentucky Derby Futures? It sounds like you probably got some bet stashed away on life is good at some point. Well, no, because, you know, he was never a, okay. a good price yeah. at all. And there's no – if you're going to bet a horse in the future, um, you know, so far out, that's just doesn't make sense. And here's why. Because – you're going to get around that price on race day, and you're better off to wait till race day because if for some reason the horse scratches, you get your money back. But if you play the future book and the horse doesn't run in the Kentucky Derby, you know, you're out. So yeah. you want horses at prices. Um, I have played uh, a horse called Roman Centurion who ran in the San Felipe and uh, is now headed to the Wood Memorial most likely. I like his breeding. I like the race he ran in the Lewis at Santa Anita, but he was 41 to 1. So there's a big difference between uh, life is good, like 2 to 1, and 41 to 1. So that's where I I did put some money on Roman Centurion. And, uh, you know, I think that's, that's a good possibility, you know, looking down the line in the Kentucky Derby. So, um, and I, even looking further, I think Roman Centurion, who's trained by Simon Callahan, I think he could be kind of a almost a Belmont type horse. But you know, there is no future book for that. But that's a kind of quality I think that horse might have. And I think the farther they go, the better for him. Very good. Okay, John, uh, thank you so much. Lots of uh, 
top contenders, Kentucky Derby talk, and uh, your selection. And by the way, I, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but I did want to mention I did play one other horse in the Kentucky Derby future wager that Churchill has. That was on March 7th, mm-hmm. and I did put money on concert tour at odds of 17 to 1. Uh, he'll pay $37.60 and for that, uh, for a $2, and I bet a lot, a lot more than $2 on him. Let's put you it did? that way. You did? Okay. Yeah, well, it's paramutual. You can, you can, you're allowed to do that, John. John will, uh, he'll step it up on his uh, wagers if he is so inclined, and he is often. So, hey, good to speak with you, John. Uh, thanks for helping us out here on Horse Racing Northwest with some uh, Kentucky Derby talk. And once again, your selection for the Louisiana Derby is Proxy with the blinkers on after a couple of good runner-ups in three-year-old stakes at fairgrounds so have a great weekend john and we'll catch you down the road not too long from now yeah thanks john thanks a lot guys and looking forward to the opening 2021 emerald downs looking forward to it great thanks john Mucklesuit Casino is your destination for more than 3,000 gaming machines, action-packed table games, and the largest smoke-free area in the state, plus a newly remodeled casino floor and new center bar. Use your player's club card to earn points for free play, meals, or cash back. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Visit us online to learn more about our safety measures. Horse Racing Northwest, thank you so much for joining us. A little return after brief respite here in the winter of 2021. And once again, Emerald Downs' 25th birthday coming up on Sunday, June 20th, 2021. We're scheduled to race. That'll be our first Sunday on the schedule and Stakes Day as well. First stake as uh, Vince related earlier in the cast. Thanks to John White. And, uh, yeah, Proxy, you know, I was on Proxy in the Lecompte. He ran a big race, got beat by Midnight Bourbon. Um, then he came back and ran second to Mandaloon in the Risen Star. Mandaloon, the 8-5 to five morning line favorite for the Louisiana Derby. $1 million on Saturday, uh, the uh, March 20th. Race goes about, uh, let's see, I had that time, about 3.45 in the afternoon. It's the 14th race at the fairgrounds. They have a huge stakes day on Saturday, and their first race is 9.20 a.m. Emerald Downs time. Louisiana Derby race 14. John goes with proxy 7-2 to morning line for Mike Stidham. What do you think here, Vince? Well, it's a million-dollar purse, and there is some some contenders in there, you know, John went over them pretty well there, including Mandaloon, who's a beautifully bred daughter, excuse me, a son of Into Mischief, that's uh, coming off a pretty convincing win in the Risen Star. But looking for a price here, Joe, I went to the far outside with Obesos, number eight, mm-hmm. with a 15 to one morning line. And the horse has a thing I like, and it seems to be improving almost every start, certainly figures-wise it is. And last time... First time routing, it raced wide uh, all the way around the track and still beat seven horses, you know, and that was pretty impressive for a first time around two turns, I thought, and it just seems to be moving forward, going the right way with a good price and uh, bred top and bottom to route, being Alberta Soto, Marin, Snugs and Kisses was a uh, multiple stakes winner on uh, round two turns for sure. And uh, very good barn, Greg Foley. So looking for a price, I think Obesos is, is certainly moving in the right direction and has earned a shot at, uh, at the Louisiana Derby. Okay. Well, we just found out during our recent break here a few minutes ago that we were both on the same horse. Obesos, number eight of eight, going a mile and three sixteenths, a new distance for the Louisiana Derby. And uh, yeah, I like him too. You know, he just ran fourth, as you outlined in the Risen Star, fourth of 11, first route race. He's going up against top three finishers, Mandaloon Proxy and Midnight Bourbon, who beat him. Those horses were all route winners, accomplished horses, Proxy. Not a stakes winner, but uh, as we mentioned, stakes placed uh, second in both the Risen Star and the Lecomte. Mandaloon, a multiple uh, route winner and a grade two winner. And Midnight Bourbon, also a multiple route winner. 
So he was really up against it. He was only 21 to 1, coming off a couple of sprint wins at the fairgrounds. He can run behind horses, but the first route was really good. I mean, yeah, he got beat seven lengths, but Mandaloon Proxy Midnight Bourbon, uh, those yep. are top horses. So we're going on the uh, big-time second-route improvement here for Obesos, who can run behind and uh, as Dam, again, a multiple stakes winner. She's four for four as a producer, three multiple winners. Uh, just all good. Second time, Pedroza for Foley. Okay, I am with you. I'm looking for that horse to run big tomorrow, or Saturday, yeah. Yeah, he's got his work cut out for him. He's 15 to one. We'll probably get all of that pretty close with the lineup we got. Sure. And, uh, but I agree with you. Just an, an improving horse, which uh, I think, you know, once the dust fell in that last race, they had to be pretty pleased with the way the horse, you know, passed its first route test. And at that point, they said, yeah, let's, let's move on to the next one. You know, he's given us the right signs. His name is Obesos, and he's by Orb. A three-year-old Kentucky bred, of course, and uh, first career start late last November. Uh, way detached early in a sprint in the slop at Churchill. Ran on pretty well to be beaten five lengths, and then uh, just two easy wins at this track, the fairgrounds in sprints. And again, his first round, we talked about it. So we're on a little bit of a price there. Uh, you had a little more information on Emerald Downs for 2021, Vince? Yeah, well, currently we have almost, uh, well, this was as of yesterday, 300 horses on the grounds, which is pretty promising, a couple months out from the start of the meet. And again, talking to Brett Anderson, it sounds like about 69 or 70 trainers have applied for stalls, total of almost 900 horses. Nice. And that number is uh, increasing steadily over the last couple of weeks. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean all those horses show up. You usually have some attrition, but hopefully you, you gain some people too as you uh, move closer to the meet. But yeah, it's, it's, that'll be a big factor as we talked about earlier, but things are looking pretty positive here a couple uh, months out from the start of the season in terms of trainers and horses here on the grounds. Good, good. Yeah, very good to hear. And of course that incentive has uh, created some interest, uh, trainer owner incentive for new horses. And again, uh, new horses shipping in, even if you're a regular Emerald Downs trainer, if you've got a horse that hasn't run here, and I think it's three years. Uh, there's a $500 first-time racing shipping bonus. Can't be a first-time starter. Okay, so that's great stuff. We're looking forward to uh, training progressing and coming up toward opening day in just about two months. Uh, we had a trivia question when last on Horse Racing Northwest. The question was uh, the El Camino winning owner... Uh, was in the Washington Hall of Famer, which Emerald, excuse me, you want to say it? El Camino Derby winning horse was owned by a Washington Hall of Fame member. And we've got uh, several correct answers uh, in the drawing. The winner was Janice Train. And Janice actually stepped it up over the other winning answers. And uh, Janice pointed out that Buona Bull in 2007 was owned both by Dr. Mark Domenico and Dr. George Todaro, both in the Washington Hall of Fame. So nice work, Janice Train. Bonus uh, points on that yeah. one. We'll get uh, Janice uh, Emerald Downs Prize, and we'll have uh, another trivia question right now from Vince Brun. Okay, we've talked a lot about the Louisiana Derby uh, coming up uh, this weekend. Only one horse has ever won the Louisiana Derby and the Long Acres Mile. Now, that's a pretty odd combination, you got to admit. Yeah. Because one is races for three-year-olds and the other is for older horses. And, of course, we're a couple thousand miles apart geographically, but it has been done. So name the horse that won both the Louisiana Derby and the Long Acres Mile. Yeah, you... Uh told me that before we started and uh, i looked at you with my mouth open meaning uh, i didn't know i had any clue on that that's a hell of a hell of a question so louisiana derby and long acres mile winner one horse send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com and we will uh, include that answer and a new question next time we uh, get together, which won't be too long. It won't be uh, any five or six weeks like we have between our last podcast. Size anxious to hear about that. Sai Labar, our producer director. And thank you so much for joining us on Horse Racing Northwest.